Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey, and it is the middle, practically the middle of December right now, so I need to get into the holiday mode. But, I'm not going to do that on today's show. I've got a little bone to pick, so before I get into the holiday mode and the holiday spirit... uh, I came across Rolling Stone's updated list of the top 100 guitarists of all time. This is a magazine that has a file that goes around to their staff that says you can't badmouth Jan Werner's friends. Jan Werner is the guy that runs Rolling Stone and basically the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which explains why both of those things suck. Yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. Rolling Stone as a collective is, is a bunch of douchebags. And it's, it amazes me the power that they still have and, uh, you know, just basically coasting off of their reputation as a name that actually used to mean something. Yeah, they pulled a couple of good interviews in their day, but you sure haven't in a long time and you're not credible anymore. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I really try to steer clear of Rolling Stone lists especially, because I love lists in general. Hell, I, I do a show that requires myself to make a list every week. So I love lists, but i really got to stay away from these Rolling Stone lists. They're not good for my health. <laughs> but I'm going to get it all off my chest today. I'm going to get on my big rock soapbox here, and we're going to talk about this. At the same time, I'm going to play you 10 songs by some amazing guitar players who you will not see in the pages of Rolling Stone as a great guitarist, which is just completely unacceptable and unforgivable. And I'll give you some reasons as to why. I'm, I've, got, I've got facts to back up my cause. Unlike just blind, utterly blind and stupid, just trying to be cool. I don't know what their deal is. <laughs> just... Uh, let me give you a few examples here. As uh, you know, right off the bat, I started looking at this list, and number 100 was Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah, no, Lindsey should be higher. And you probably thought I was going to say something bad about him, but no, that guy is one of the most underrated guitar players of all time. That just because that guy has a lot of hits, you know, uh, in his career, that guy can play a mean guitar. And uh, he's way too low on this list. And the third name I saw, number 98, Alex Lifeson. Alex Lifeson, number 98, really? That's pretty low, guys. You know, <laughs> Alex Lifeson of Rush. You know, they don't even need a second guitar player in Rush. He does it all. Then, you know, I, yeah, right there. Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we need, uh, we need some extra room, uh, for Joni Mitchell at number 75. <laughs> Joni freaking Mitchell. Joni outranks Joe Perry. Alright. There's a few right there. Okay. Let's get into some music here. Gonna play a song by Living Color. And actually, uh, Vernon Reed, the lead guitar player of Living Color, was apparently on the previous list that they made, but he's not on this one. And I think that is, uh, right off the bat, that is just bullshit (laughs) so vernon reed should be in anybody's top 100 guitarist list you know maybe not a personal opinion but if you're going to grade him on what makes a good guitar player you cannot 
deny everybody I'm playing here today. I, I, I challenge you with, uh, with intelligence to prove me wrong. So here we go. I'm going to play A Living Color. This is a song from their third album, 1993. Now I'm called Stain. And this pretty much puts the theme across today here. If you work at Rolling Stone, then truly, ignorance is bliss. That was Living Color, featuring the great Vernon Reed on lead guitar there. Very manic lead guitar. Uh, That song was called Ignorance is Bliss. You can find that on the 1993 album Stain. Very underrated album in their catalog. It wasn't an extremely popular record, 
but uh, in my opinion, a very good and underrated album. Underrated albums in the 90s is a good topic, I think. Perhaps in the future. But uh, yeah, the, Vernon's, uh, his style ranges. That was a very heavy track, very manic solo, but I mean, that guy can play jazz, blues, funk. I mean, he's very all over the map, so that's why he definitely deserves to be heralded as a great guitar player. So since Rolling Stone's not going to do it, I'm going to do it here on this show. And now we're going to continue with one that, you know, if you if you didn't see the list, you're going to be pretty shocked this guy isn't on the list. And he's got friends in high places that would probably translate well into Rolling Stone magazine, but Adrian Ballou. Adrian Ballou was left off the list. Now, in an interesting twist, and I, I was having an email conversation with listener Stephen about this, uh, you know, Robert Fripp, I was pretty, uh, I was happy to see him on there. But uh, also equally shocked at the uh, disclusion of Mr. Adrian Ballou, who, uh, you know, he played with in King Crimson at Mach 2. I believe it was Mach 2. It was the 80s reboot. Uh, Adrian Ballou, chances are you own a record that he's played on. I mean, he's played with Zappa and Bowie and Talking Heads, Nine Inch Nails, just to name a few. He sessioned uh, on the Paul Simon Graceland album. Oh, yeah, by the way, Paul Simon, one of your top 100 guitar players. Thanks, Rolling Stone. <laughs> Paul Simon. Yeah, what a what a shredder. No. Anyway, so Adrian Ballou, uh, how was he left off this list? The guy can make amazing layers of guitar sounds. I mean, he's... He's a very well-versed player. I mean, anybody who went to the Frank Zappa School of Rock, as he once said, um, you are at the top in your field. There's no question about that. So, anyway, I'm going to get to one of his songs. This is a this is a really cool series of albums that Adrian put out uh, in the mid-2000s. He put out three albums in the course of a year. Side 1, Side 2, and of course, Side 3. I'm going to play you a track from the Side 3 release. And... Uh, this session was spread out sporadically, especially for the people involved on this particular track. You're going to love this. If you are a uh, a musician, uh, a music nerd, you're going to love this band on this Adrian Ballou track. It's basically just a power trio. It's Adrian Ballou. This is a super group. Adrian Ballou on guitar and vocals. Les Claypool on bass. And Danny Carey from Tool on the drums. Check this one out. This song is called Whatever.
That was Adrian Ballou with Whatever. You can find that on his album called Side 3. And some of those other Claypool and Carey collaborations also appear on the Side 1 record. So if you're a fan of those guys also, especially go check out those. But it's a great series overall. I recommend it, especially for guitar fans. All right. Uh, yeah, Adrian Blue, just a Hall of Fame guitar player. I don't think there's any question about that. I don't... <laughs> yeah. Then again, Rolling Stone thinks that Kurt Cobain is a better guitar player than Dick Dale. Go figure that one out. <laughs> really not trying to be on the anti-Cobain train here, but he's not a better guitar player than Dick Dale. I mean, that's that's effing ridiculous. <laughs> it's like I don't even I don't even know what this. I don't even I have no further joke or comment about that. And then the other one that really made me laugh, and there's a few of them. But uh, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead ranked higher than Richie Blackmore. <laughs> hey, yeah. I I why why even put pen to paper? Why why even make the effort to type that one out? I I ugh. all right. <laughs> but uh, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of injustices, which is what this entire show is about, but of course Rolling Stone and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is all the same institution, uh, arguably the biggest snub uh, that the Hall of Fame is currently uh, pulling right now is not inducting Kiss into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, I, I would, I, you can argue with me that Rush deserves equal treatment, but yeah, I, I would say. Success versus uh, innovation. Kiss <laughs> deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for sure. Which means, of course, Ace Frehley was not included on the top 100 guitar players of all time. Which is pretty funny considering if you poll, especially a lot of the younger people on that list, they'll list Ace in their top 5 to 10 for sure. I know, uh, you know, I know Dimebag Daryl did. He's on the list. I'm, I'm glad Daryl's on the list. Don't get me wrong. But that's just the kind of magazine that Rolling Stone is. They weren't giving it up for him when he was alive, and now they love him because he's dead. And that's bullshit. Fuck Rolling Stone. Okay. All right. Tangent aside, we're getting back to Kiss. It's again uh, one of Dimebag's favorite guitar players. Uh, I'm going to play a lesser-known Ace song, which has a great solo there in the middle. Uh, how does it not if Ace is involved? Even if he's soloing for ten seconds, he'll get his point across. Uh, you know... Yeah, okay, yeah, Dimebag was a big fan of Ace, but go talk to guys like Mike McCready of Pearl Jam and ask him about Ace. Uh, go ask a lot of those Seattle guys like Buzz Osborne and, you know, if, even if Kurt Cobain was still alive, and they'd tell you the same thing. Ace is awesome. He's so good, and he's not just a wanker. He's not just a guy that wore makeup. He was a very, very good, innovative guitar player. So here you go. This is a song off of Ace's uh, debut solo album that he put out when he was in Kiss, 1978. It's a really cool rocker called Snowblind.
That was Snowblind by Ace Freely, not to be confused with Black Sabbath Snowblind from a few years before that, but they're about the same thing, trust me. <laughs> so yeah, there you go, Ace Freely, 1978. Uh, if you didn't pick up Ace's album from a couple of years ago, Anomaly, that's a, that's a really good album. There's a lot of great guitar work on there. Ace has still got it. Glad to see him still kicking around. Glad to see that he's sober. Uh, really excited to go read his new book. I, I can't believe I haven't read it yet, but uh, hopefully uh, it'll be under the Christmas tree this year. So yeah, Ace Frehley, he, he's he's the man. He's one of my all-time favorite guitar players. Probably top ten in my list for sure. Absolutely. So all right, uh, moving on uh, to uh, you know this <laughs> this guy is not guilty of getting any kind of Rolling Stone press. So I wasn't surprised that he wasn't on the list, unlike some of these other people I'm going to play today. But this is a guy really, you know, if you are in like, let's say if, you, if you're a magazine reader, a uh, rock magazine reader, and you read guitar magazines especially, then, you know, if you've read Guitar World in the last 20 years, you've heard this guy's name quite a bit. So he gets press over there, uh, but I think, you know, in the overall scheme of music, this guy is supremely underrated. Uh, he's, you know, kind of a nice mix, uh, influence of like Brian May mixed with Eddie Van Halen, of course. Uh, I'm talking about Nuno Bedencourt. Nuno Bedencourt is is just amazing. I, you know, he's he's not just, you know, it's it's not like a lot of guys that came around when he did. You know, there was a lot of show-off guys and, you know, obviously all those guys are talented if you can play like that, but I I really believe that Nuno had something to say with the stuff that he was putting out. Uh he definitely understood what melody was like and that's his queen influence for sure. Uh, I think that he really tells a story. I know that that sounds really, uh, really kiss ass, but you know, I, I, I get inspired listening to him play. You know, I'm never going to be as good as him, and that's my own fault. But I, I really like to listen to this guy play, and he put out some great solo records, uh, which are very hard to find. But if you ever see Nuno Bencourt solo records, go get them. This is off. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play you something from Extreme. Uh, with a twist, it is an instrumental cut, so if you're not a Gary Sharon fan, you're in luck. Uh, but, you know, hey, for the record, I actually did like Extreme. They were more than just the one hit, trust me on this one. Uh, this is off a very criminally underrated album called Waiting for the Punchline. You will probably hear something else from this album on a future show, guaranteed. Uh, this song is Nuno all the way. This is, uh, it's not him playing electric, it's him playing acoustic, and... This is just a mind-numbingly great. Um, just I, I'm running out of adjectives here. It's a, it's a great song. He plays great on it. I really shouldn't say anything else. Listen to this cut. It's called Midnight Express.
That was Extreme with Midnight Express, featuring, of course, Nuno Betancourt on guitar, just blazing on that track. And uh, once again, that one's on the album Waiting for the Punchline. It's a very, it's actually a very dark and heavy album. It was definitely a reactionary album for, I guess, probably Extreme's waning popularity at the time. But uh, they never stopped being good on that initial run, in my opinion. So go check that record out. You may be very surprised. And, uh, you know, it's funny. The, the next band I'm going to play, this is a band that I just got into literally about three years ago. I, you know, I'm really late to the party on this one, but probably one of the best classic rock bands of all time I've ever heard. I'm going to play you a song by UFO. I I can't believe Michael Schenker. Is this, I guess I can believe he didn't make the list for Rolling Stone, but this guy is a... Really, really, really good guitar player. One of the best. Uh, and he's he's done so much. He's been in a lot of bands, for sure. I mean, he was in one of the original lineups of the Scorpions with his brother Rudolph. But I think his work with UFO is his best and most famous, for sure. So, going to play you... A UFO, actually, for better or worse, in my opinion, really invented the power ballad. This one's no exception. This is one of the best Michael Schenker tracks you can find out there. This is a song called Born to Lose.
That was UFO featuring Michael Schenker on lead guitar with Born to Lose. You can find that on their album from 1978 called Obsession. Pretty much all of the UFO albums from the 70s and early 80s, uh, you can't miss with those. Uh, Go get those records. Do what I did. Even if you're really late to the party like I was, go check out some UFO. I think you'll be very, very surprised at how amazing they are. I mean, Classic Rock Radio only plays lights out by them if they ever do play them. So go do yourself a favor and get turned on to some UFO. And here's another guy. Wow, this guy never gets talked about. Never makes any of those lists. I mean, you'd have to dig into, like, you know, maybe like some British journalism, like Classic Rock Magazine or something like that, or Mojo even, possibly, uh, before you hear the name Tommy Bolin anywhere. Tommy Bolin was uh, such a ridiculously good guitar player, talented, knew when to restrain himself. Uh, You know, they talk about the power of restraint and being a good musician, you know, and uh, sometimes I think people are full of it when they say that, but in Tommy's case, I know how good he is, but he can create some great stuff. Uh, Very versatile guy. Uh, he played for a bit in Deep Purple. That was uh, where he really got famous. And I believe he would have been a very well-respected solo artist, but you know he really didn't get a chance to get going on that. Sadly, he was a fan of the drugs a little bit more in the end than he was his life and the music. But uh, And it's tragic. Uh, but uh, go check out some Tommy Bowen records. He only has two solo albums. Uh, teaser and Private Eyes, but those two records are so good. So I'm going to play a song here by him and uh, kind of stay on the track of the UFO song. This is this is a nice, uh, tender, epic ballad called Dreamer. Check it out.
take the train today and don't look back again live the dreams you have don't dwell on what has been your future's brighter now there's brighter days ahead any sad farewell words better left unsaid Dreamer, I know what you're thinking, yeah. Now, if you're a hardcore music nerd or hard rock geek, uh, you might have recognized Glenn Hughes's voice there at the very end of that track. Glenn Hughes making an uncredited appearance at the time with his fellow Deep Purple bandmate. So there you go. Uh, that's Dreamer. Uh, it's, you know, Tommy Boland stuff. Uh, besides Private Eyes, which is very readily available, uh, you can find that pretty much everywhere. Teaser's a little bit harder to find because it's an import only for the most part. But uh, go go pick up those albums. I, I give them an absolute seal of approval here at Rock Strikes 10. There's also a good retrospective of Tommy Bolin. It's a two-disc called The Ultimate Tommy Bolin. That was actually one of the first box sets ever put out, even though technically it was two-disc, but it was a big box when it came out. So go track down The Ultimate Tommy Bolin as well. It actually has stuff that he did throughout his whole career. So it has Deep Purple stuff, has his solo stuff, has his early bands on there, and he actually uh, took over his vocalist and guitarist in the James Gang for a while there too so uh he got around and uh people knew how at least some people knew how talented he was back in his day so there you go uh all right i'm gonna move on a little bit here uh before i do um uh man there there's so much stuff to complain about on this list but i really just wrote down some of the highlights or lowlights if you will uh here's possibly another controversial statement or two or ten uh, I understand George Harrison being on the list. George Harrison, I, I would say, definitely deserves to be on the list. But John Lennon does not deserve to be on a 100 great guitarist list. I mean, I love Lennon. Great lyricist. And yes, he's a good guitar player. And But, you know, he's not in the 100 greatest guitarist ever. You're making a top 500, maybe he'd be on there. And that's with all due respect. That's just another bullshit Rolling Stone thing. It's, everything's got to be John Lennon, I guess. So, uh, Much like, uh, you know, and this is just a matter, you can see who plays ball and who doesn't, but they got James Hetfield on the list, who's, I think he's in the 70s or something like that on the list, and you don't have Dave Mustaine? I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, any anybody that's like a, a contemporary of James Hetfield, uh, of course, none of those guys are on the list, and I, I've talked about a lot of these guys at length on other shows. I mean, Dave Mustaine, Megadeth, 
one of the best guitar players in the world, not just in heavy metal, but in the world. Uh, you know, even guys around that time, I mean, on the metal show, we talked about these twin guitar attacks, uh, the Judas Priest guys, KK and Glenn, uh, the, and the main guys, Adrian Smith, Dave Murray, uh, Slayer, Jeff Hanneman, Kerry King, you know, even like Alex Skolnick of Testament. I mean, God, those guys are really good. I mean, they're amazing. I've seen all of them live, and I just can't, I just kind of refuse to believe that some of these guys are, are better, you know, or a definitive guitar player. And who the hell's Jeff Fahey? I know Jeff Fahey, the actor, but who the F is this guy? I mean, they, th- I couldn't even figure out who he was just by the write-up they gave him. It's like he was just some local bar favorite in New York City or something. Help me out here. You know, you got Roger McGuinn ranked really low, and one of his other band names, Clarence White, ranked really high. Now, that's a that's an, uh, definite example of a rhythm guy being more important than a lead guy, in my opinion. Roger McGuinn pretty much got a whole bunch of guys to go out and buy a 12-string guitar, Tom Petty included. Uh, that guy should be higher on the list. <sighs> I've got more to come here, but uh, I'm going to save them. I, uh, I'm getting a lot here off my chest here, and Rock Strikes 10 is very therapeutic for me, and this is this episode is a great example of that. So I've been playing a lot of classic guys here, and I'm going to move on a little bit here to a couple of modern guys that really don't get their due. I know I mentioned that Rolling Stone will give it up for guys like Kurt Cobain and Johnny Greenwood and, and Jack White, who I, I love Jack. Uh, but not putting these other guys on here, if you're going to talk about those guys, you got to have these guys in here. I, I, I think it's just stupid. It's another example, I think, of biased journalism and just because these guys don't play ball more. Uh, I'm going to play a song by the Smashy Pumpkins. I really, truly believe that Billy Corgan, uh, he's a huge talent overall, but I don't think he really ever gets his due as a guitar player once again. I know I've said that about a lot of guys here, but Billy Corgan is definitely an underrated guitar player for the record, in my opinion. Uh, it's He came along at a time where, you know, he was definitely in with the in crowd for sure. You know, like a lot of the bands that popped up in the early 90s and the Seattle bands and stuff like that. And they all had the same kind of style and sound and approach, but... Billy was like the guy that was like, hey, man, you know, hey, I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and I understand wanting, wanting to rock out, basically, and not having any kind of misgivings about going about it that way. I mean, this is a guy at the height of his popularity was giving interviews in magazines like Rolling Stone and giving it up for Cheap Trick, and even like early Boston and stuff like that, basically saying, why can't we layer our guitars like the albums we grew up on? Why can't we have that big sound the way rock and roll ought to be, really, at the end of the day? Um, You know, if the band's good enough, it deserves to sound as good as they possibly can. And I'm a big believer in that. So, you know, not even, you know, for the most part, you know, there's something to be said for the minimalist approach as well. But, uh, you know, I really liked a, a lot about what Billy had to say, especially, you know, when he really, you know, when a lot of guys were playing it safe, I, I believe that he was taking more chances. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> I'm going to play you a great example of uh, Billy Corgan's solo ability. Uh, this is a song off of an album that actually just got recently reissued again. Uh, the Great sets. They reissued out the first two Pumpkins records, Gish and Siamese Dream. Great sets. Go check those out. Uh, they sound great. And a lot of great bonus tracks worth listening to. And I think a DVD in each one of full show. So uh, if you're a fan, you shall rejoice. If you've never picked up those records before, 
Do yourself a favor. It's a good time to come in. So uh, here's a song from their second full-length album, Siamese Dream. This is a great rocker called Geek USA. Aren't we all?
That was the Smashing Pumpkins with Geek USA. Uh, you, uh, of course, featuring Billy Corgan there on lead vocals, lead guitar. All guitars and bass were performed by Billy pretty much on every album. Uh, he only didn't play drums because, of course, the great Jimmy Chamberlain played all the drums on those albums. Uh, but yeah, that's on Siamese Dream. Great album, top to bottom. Uh, I'm a big Smashing Pumpkins fan, and I'm a big fan of Billy, actually, too, because uh, <laughs> Billy actually just started his own uh, independent pro wrestling federation. So, yeah, good on you, Billy. I wish you all the success and luck in the world on that one. So, uh, up more updates with that on other shows appearing on CNJ Radio. Uh, staying in the uh, Alterna mode, if you will, from the 90s, uh, this band did start very much in the 80s in Seattle. Uh, but this is another guy who's... Uh, we talked about this guy actually on the metal show, myself and Logan. Uh, definitely don't get their due, and this guy does not get his due as a very influential guitar player. You know, Buzz, Buzz Osborne, King Buzzo from the Melvins. That guy is a beast on the guitar. Uh, in the sense, I mean, this is a guy. I mean, straight influences from guys like Tony Iommi and Leslie West. I mean, he really is like those two guys in a blender. I mean, plays the best riffs of his generation by by far, in my opinion. This is uh, just a this is a good example on how much of a riff meister he is, and uh, he's also singing here. Uh, so he's a double threat, uh, maybe a triple threat. That hair. Oh boy! If you've ever seen the Melvins, uh, go see them live. They're they're a lot of fun. Definitely the the Andy Kaufmans of uh, noise rock. Uh, but here you go. This is a, a track from 1996 album called Stag. This is the opener. It's and it's a monster too. It's an MF. Uh, this is the bit by the Melvins. <laughs> we 
Melvins with Bit from uh, a great album from 1996 called Stag. Uh, not a bad place to start. If you, I mean, the Melvins have 20 plus albums, so it's really hard to get into them in that respect. But uh, I would say, you know, if you're looking for straight up, like their their most straight up rock albums, because they have some albums that are just plain noise for, for better or worse. Uh, get Stag, get 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 their Atlantic stuff, their Atlantic record stuff, because they really did try to put out some quality records, and I I think that they achieved that, but they just didn't get the ma- they're just they they just weren't made for major labels. It's just one of those bands. Uh, so yeah, go check out Houdini and Stoner Witch and Stag, and there's some great indie records they have like Bullhead. Uh, the Maggot is awesome. Uh, just and and the stuff they've been putting out lately is is it's all killer. So. Uh, if you need more than that, just email me. I'll be glad to wax Melvins with you anytime. All hail King Buzzo. All right, uh, getting back into some of the obvious guitar player mode, uh, you know, and, uh, and of course a few rants here uh, before I play the song here. Um, I don't know how any musicologist can justify themselves ranking The Edge from U2 higher than Steve Cropper as a guitar player. Uh, if you don't know who Steve Cropper is, shame on you. Or at least if you're old enough to know who he is, then shame on you. Uh, go look him up. <laughs> uh, I I played. I, I actually got a lot of positive feedback when I played Prince on the live episode all the way back on episode number five when he owned the While My Guitar Gently Weeps solo. Prince is ranked number 33 on Rolling Stone's list. And, uh... <laughs> You know, I I put Prince in the top three guitar players in the world. Period. So 33 just isn't going to cut it for me. And uh, we played Adrian Ballou, who spent some time in Frank Zappa's band. They have Zappa at 22. I still say too low there. Way too low. Speaking of Frank Zappa, I'm going to play you a couple of Wayward Sons, uh, literally and figuratively. Two guys that did not make the list, which. 
to me, this is probably the biggest crime. A guy like Steve Vai, who I guess if you're not a fan, has a reputation of you know being a wanker. But I I, I think pretty much any kind of Steve Vai hatred really comes across as jealousy, in my opinion. I, I truly believe that Steve Vai probably is on another level uh, than pretty much anybody else in existence or has ever existed. I, I know that sounds like really ridiculous fanboy high praise, but you know I, I don't I don't follow Steve around the country. Uh, I've actually never I've only ever had the pleasure of seeing him live once. Uh, so you know I but I buy the records. Uh, I'm a fan of him, and I yeah I said I truly believe that he uh, inherited this alien gene somewhere along the way that few guys get, like a Jimi Hendrix or an Eddie Van Halen or something like that. Uh, or even like a Johnny Ramone, the ability to play that hard with your wrists like that. And yeah, Johnny, of course, made that Rolling Stone list, but uh, I digress. Uh, Steve Vai is just, he's amazing. And the the one time I mentioned that I was lucky enough to see him live was on this tour of a track I'm going to play for you right here, uh, along with Dweezil Zappa, Frank Zappa's son, and uh, talking about Steve, talking about Dweezil, uh, Dweezil is a guy who was already a great guitar player, and I, I think that he f he finally got it in his head that um, best to keep his dad's legacy alive. And you know what? I, you know some people may frown on an approach like that, but I, I don't believe you're really uh, doing it for the money, because <laughs> you know Frank Zappa music has never proven to be that lucrative. So. I truly believe that um, Dweezil and his uh, Zappa Plays Zappa project is is a true labor of love, and that's the impression I get about it. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm going to take care of two uh, two people that have been just forever not included in lists like Rolling Stones, Dweezil Zappa and Steve Vai. Uh, trading off solos here. It's it's something to witness, that's for sure. I was just I was literally at the show with my mouth open, going, "Geez, man." So um, here you go. Uh, enough of me yakking once again. Uh, this is a live track from the first Zappa plays Zappa tour. This is a epic seven-minute version of the Zombie Wolf. Yeah, I said wolf. Just about as evil as you can be. Woo! 
Tijuana, ladies and gentlemen. That was Zappa plays Zappa, featuring the the just ridiculous ability of Sun Dweezil Zappa and Steve Vai uh, with the zombie Wolf, featuring the great Napoleon Murphy Brock on uh, most of those lead vocals. There, he was Napoleon was in like in the original Mothers of Invention, so I really like that band. He, he at least grabbed somebody from each era of uh, Frank's bands, and I just it was it's one of the best live shows I've ever seen. Period. Uh, speaking of live shows, uh, I may have the opportunity to finally catch this man live uh, in a few months. I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope it happens. Uh, this is a guy, the first guitar guy that I really noticed and paid attention to. One of my first favorite artists. Uh, still love this guy. And this is a guy, he's so he's he's the working class guitarman. He just never seems to come up on these lists. He is absolutely bad to the bone. There you go. I'm going to play you some George Thurgood and the Destroyers. Uh, yeah, What to play? <laughs> uh, everything George touches, he's going to throw in his just ridiculous, loud and abrasive guitar playing ability. Uh, he's got the devil in his hands. Uh, but this is one of the best examples of it. This track is called Gear Jammer. Check it out. Bye. 
that was George Thurgood and the Delaware Destroyers with Gear Jammer. Uh, yeah, there's not much to say after that. That's a great closer in my opinion, so uh, I think I may just have to end the show here. And of course, we do have to end the show. I mean, that's ten songs right away. Um, uh, where Rolling Stone, where did Derek Trucks come from? I mean, yeah, I've heard the guy. He's good, but 16? <laughs> Are you serious? Um... I love Keith Richards, I love the Rolling Stones, but he is not the fourth greatest guitar player of all time. And how dare you continue to lick the proverbial arse of Eric Clapton after all these years. After the Derek and the Dominoes album, Eric Clapton has been mailing it in longer than anybody in the history of Six Strings. (sighs) Yeah. Why why the Clapton? Uh, you know, if you're a fan of Clapton, uh, let me know. Uh, if I if I get one positive Eric Clapton email, and I will listen to your reasoning, but I just don't hear anything that special, you know, and, and Eric Clapton. Uh, these guys, everybody I played here tonight, top notch. Uh, and uh, even more so the fact that they just don't get their due, and I, there's no reason at all why they shouldn't and uh shame on all the journalists and so-called music experts that rate these kind of things that keep these kind of players from the people you know not even not even like an honorable mention or anything not even decent press in your magazine because unfortunately some of this crap still matters to some people like rolling stone in the hall of fame some people actually take this stuff seriously so i i realize it matters but i hate that it matters i really do so, yeah. Anyway, I appreciate you hanging in with me. This was a real angry, bitter show, but, you know, I got to do it sometimes just to get these things off my chest. I, I think it'd probably be good for my health in the long run, too. <laughs> I have somebody to rant to about these things. And, uh, you know, God knows I, I'm sure I drive my girlfriend crazy with, with this sometimes, you know. So uh, I love you, baby, and thanks for putting up with me when I uh, get on rants like this. So... <laughs> There you go. I'm going to say uh, goodnight to all of you here at Rock Strikes 10. Before I get out of here, I'll just uh, plug a few things here. Of course, go to cnjradio.com. I do read your emails. I do respond, so keep them coming. Uh, the comments uh, aren't uh, published publicly on the thing right now. I'm working on that, but I do see your comments, and uh, I do appreciate them. So definitely keep leaving them. Feel free to email show requests in. I mean, uh, I got a lot of inspiration for the show, not just from uh, reading the Rolling Stone list, but I got an email as a theme request also from my friend Stephen uh, Arizina. So thank you so much. Uh, that's a great request, and I was really happy to do that theme. So I, I actually had read your email request from them the same day I found this atrocious list, so it just seemed to all come into play. So I love when things like that happen. So... Uh, so it's listeners and friends like you who matter on this show. So please feel free to keep sending in those comments as often as you like and as long as you like. Uh, but that's it for me. Uh, go to CNJ Radio on the Rock Strikes 10 page. All the links are there. The Facebook, the subscribing on iTunes. Leave the comment on iTunes, please. I need more comments. I would really love that. Want to know what I want for Christmas? I want you to spread the word about this show, and I want you to leave me a comment on iTunes as well. So please do both of those things for me. And uh, that's all I got here. And uh, join me. We're going to celebrate the two days of Christmas coming up next week. So tune into those. 
And until we meet again on the next show, I'm going to take the advice that the late, great uh, Frank Zappa once said. I'm going to take that advice right now is to shut up and play your guitar.